Hey everybody, welcome to the Church at South Point podcast. We are so glad that you found your way to our little corner of the online universe. If you asked me, what is the story of South Point? I would have to tell you about the time when children were born and we celebrated and the time children died and we wept. I would tell you of the people who joined our community and then those who left. I would have to tell the stories of challenge, frustration, breakthrough, joy, sorrow. You see, the true history of our community is found in the collected stories of the people and the story of a collected people. I would also have to tell you about our four core images, which communicate the heart of who we are, the well, the table, the seed, and the net. This year, 20 years on in our story, we commissioned Joy Banks to create art around these four core images. And in this next series, we are reflecting together on her art. In Joy's art, we are being called to be faithful to small things, coming to the well to satisfy our thirst, making time to sit and eat together, and welcoming others to the table planting, watering, tending little seeds, laboring together to repair and use nets. None of these actions are terribly dramatic. In fact, they're rather homely and ordinary. But you can see in her images that something really good and beautiful and whole is coming into being through these small actions. And that something looks an awful lot like kinship. The parables of Jesus remind us that the kingdom comes and becomes something quite substantial, both in size and in substance. And that this happens through such small things as seeds and yeast. This is not a coy reminder that it is okay to be small. Rather, it's a reminder of how the spirit grows spacious, substantial growth that unfolds in us and through us as we continue to devote ourselves to small things. And so we ask the Spirit to broaden our imagination for what God might be doing amidst us as we together look at these core images. Our church has these four core images, the well, the table, the seed, and the net. And they kind of hold like a container. Our vision uh, for our church, they help us see who we are, uh, who God is calling us to be. They're like a compass. They point us in this good direction. And again, for those of you who haven't been here for a while or are new here for the first time, We commissioned an artist, Joy Banks, to do art around these four core images. And in October and November, we've been refreshing our imaginations about who we are and who God is inviting us to be by focusing on these pieces of art. The overarching query that underlies this time is how can these images refresh our imagination of who God is, of what it means to follow this way of Jesus? And today we're going to sink our our minds and hearts into the image of the net and let this image simmer. 
And our reflection today is going to have these two movements towards them. First, we're going to be participating in a contemplative exercise called Visio Divina, in which we'll slowly look and linger on the image of the net. And then after that, we'll have um, Electio Divina, and we'll slowly linger on the story that Joy paired with this text, which is the story that Ruth just read a little bit ago. But both of these practices are about slowing down. You know, we live in a society that's where we're really inundated by words and images. So we get to kind of slow down and sink into them. And then it's also about kind of listening inward, sensing freshly the movements inside of us, trusting that those movements both reflect our own life and our own story, but also reflect the movement of God in us. So it's this double kind of looking and listening between each of those movements, we're going to pause and I'm going to give you a chance to talk about and share what you've seen. So this isn't, I'm not doing a sermon today. This is something that we are holding collectively. And I really believe that as we, uh, you know, it's tempting to sometimes listen into just ourselves, right? But when we take that further step and listen to each other and what's in our hearts and minds and imagination, I believe that we are expanded. We see even more clearly. So that's part of this series too. One thing I'd like to do before we actually enter into these practices, I'd like to read to you the statement on our website that we pair with this net, just to kind of ground you in what this image means to our church. Okay, here are the words. Ancient fishermen spend many hours mending their nets. And in the same way, we seek to make and mend connections in and beyond our community. Our success as a church is not measured by a packed Sunday gathering. We find success, quote, as we go out to love families, neighbors, coworkers, communities, caring for creation in the wider world. And we intentionally keep our program life simple. So we all have time to serve and connect and befriend and volunteer. And we encourage one another to find meaningful ways of doing this. And we seek to be partner with global and local organizations, providing funds for relief and development. Okay, so we're going to move now into the Visio Divina. For right now, I'm going to invite you to just take a moment to ground yourself. And I do this because we live in our heads and our heads are going a mile's direction. And um, it's, it's shown that when we pay attention to what's happening in our bodies, we get into the present moment and can pay attention a little bit better to what is in us and what we're seeing. So with that as an introduction, I invite you to close your eyes and just become aware of your own body. And sometimes it's easiest to start with your breathing because that's always with us. So you can take a really deep breath and then breathe it out slowly. And just repeat this two times at your own pace. And as you continue breathing, you might notice um, tension in your body where it's lingering. And you might just let yourself relax some of that. Then you might just want to be aware how your feet are touching the ground. And remind yourself you're held by your ground, by the chair 
by this community. And then just give yourself a moment if you need to move or shift your body to be in a comfortable position to observe the art. It's a good time to do that. And art, this would be a good time for you to put that image up there. And I invite you to open your eyes and allow yourself to be drawn to the art. And just notice, notice what catches your attention, what moves you and let your eye linger there. Let your breathing keep you grounded and present and looking at that little part of the image for now. As you spend a moment with this part of the artwork, just watch and listen to what God might want to share with you as you stay with it. Just give it your attention. And now allow your gaze to broaden and expand to take in the whole piece the whole thing. And now look with, with care at each part. Let your eyes go around the picture and notice the lines and shapes and textures and maybe pay attention to what you didn't see the first time. And just also be now looking inward a bit and notice if there's any emotions or sensations or longings or ideas that are invoked in you? What does it stir up in you? And sit with that a bit. And just listen for how this artwork might refresh your imagination. And then before we return to one another to continue looking and listening, um, you may want to speak inwardly a prayer or a thank you as you feel moved for this piece of art and what you received. So we're going to start with the easy. What did you notice? What was your eye drawn to? And what did you see as you let your eye wander a bit more? And I'll repeat it just for the people on Zoom so they can hear too. The seagull on the post. Okay, so there's a, there's a group of people working together. Actually, there's two groups of people working together and they're doing different things. Yeah, yeah, Joey was really intentional about that. There's a fisherwoman and a fisherman laboring in the front, drawing in the net. Hmm. So the man's face kind of holds the fact that this takes a lot of effort. This is work. And, and interesting, the woman has a bit of a softer gaze. It looks like she's reaching forward and yeah. Okay. So the woman's eyes seem filled with passion, compassion and curiosity as she gazes at the fish. Um, and yet, and their hands, both their hands are kind of reaching out and touching, connecting to the net. I love what you see. Mm hmm. Yes. Yeah. So once again, this is the kind of a mark we notice in Joy's art that she has different skin tones and different ages. That's very inclusive, her image. Mm hmm. So the faces on the, the net menders in the back seem a bit more joyful and relaxed. And um, where's the ones in the front? You know, you see that labor again. 
Yeah, the the back ones, they always remind me like a little quilting bee almost, you know, they're just sitting back there chatting, working away. Ooh, interesting, Lorianne. People who are mending the net are sitting on the solid foundation of the dock and the fisher folk are in a boat and that's a little rockier. Yeah, interesting observation. Ooh, yeah. So that background work in the back, the humble work of mending the nets is making the, the work possible of the Fisher people. That's, I like that. <laughs> it's work. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Like we're not putting it up. It's work. Yeah. And it's going to take effort and collaboration and working together. And there's a lot of fish there and it takes work to pull them out. Yeah. Do you feel that same way about the people in the back too, Brian? Okay. Concentration. Ah, okay. So it's work, but it doesn't feel laborious or stressful. There's focus, there's concentration, there's commitment to doing the job. Yeah. I love how we're drawn to their faces. I think that's really cool. Mm. So it looks like home. It's in the mountains and the ocean. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> Good point, Roland. The non-human creatures are also there and they're interested in getting their share. I like the way you chose to say that as if they have a right to their share. Yeah. Any last thoughts before we carry on? The question we'll be coming back to at the end is, you know, how did this image and the, what we've shared uh, refresh your imagination for who we are and um, who God's calling us to be? So thank you for your sharing. That was super rich. Um, we're going to turn to the passage now, and I'm keeping my, my eye on um, our time. This is a bit longer passage. I'm hoping that we can read it three times. And in that first reading, super, super simple what you're listening to for. You're just listening for the word or a phrase that kind of shimmers or stands out to you. And you're going to hold that word in your awareness in the silence. And then in the second reading, you're listening for something really different. You're listening for what's happening in here. You're listening for an emotion or an image or a memory that the reading evokes in you. Okay. That's the second reading. And again, in the silence, you, you pause and stay present to that. And then in the third reading, you're kind of holding the whole of that together and you're broadening your gaze a bit and listening for, Oh, is there an invitation in this for me? Is there a response this invites me to? And then you'll sit with that. And when we're done, those readings um, we'll share together. Okay? Okay, so here's the passage. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, and that night caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. And he called out to them, friends, have you caught any fish? No, they answered. Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. 
And as soon as Simon Peter heard him, it is the Lord. He wrapped his outer garment around him and jumped into the water. And the other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with the fish on it and some bread. Come and have breakfast. Okay, hopefully you found a word or a phrase there that you can tuck away as we start this next reading. And this next time you're again listening for that image or an emotion or a memory. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter said. We'll go with you. So they went out and got in the boat, and they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. And he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. They were not far off from shore about a hundred yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said, come and have breakfast. And again, holding that in your mind, we're going to read it one last time, listening inwardly for something maybe an invitation, maybe a response, maybe a clarifying. And then after a pause, we'll share. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee, and it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. We'll go with you. And so they went out and got in the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. The disciples didn't realize it was Jesus. He called to them, friends, have you caught any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. They did. And they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. And then the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Assuming Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord. He wrapped his outer garment around him and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals with the fish on it and some bread. 
Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. And as we prepare to share, I wish we could linger for like 20 minutes, but not today. But as we prepare to share, just rest for a moment in the whole of what's come into your awareness and be grateful. Taking a moment to say, thank you, God. Thank you for these images. Thank you for this story. And we prepare to share with each other what has come from this collective act of fishing. <laughs> so let's start with the easy bit. What, what word or phrase came into your awareness in the first reading? What stood out for you? Can you remember that? Friends, okay. We'll go with you. Okay, and two other disciples, nameless. <laughs> Jumped into the water. Come. And then I'm just going to open it up and say, um, if anything else came to you, an emotion, a memory, a longing, an invitation, a response, whatever you want to say from this image, or even putting both the image and the story together, like, what happened? What did you receive? What did you notice? Mm, yeah, the come have breakfast invitation um, was delivered before all the fish had been taken care of and processed and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm, so Peter's running away. He's going into action mode. Like, let me just get away from this sorrow, this grief, this confusion, and just going to go fishing. And then it turns into this encounter and Jesus invites him back for breakfast. It's beautiful. <laughs> Sometimes we're fishing in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's no way I'm going to do that justice, Jess. <laughs> well, I'll try. <laughs> um, when we look at this, the abundance is really obvious. It kind of smacks us in our face. But we'll forget that in the story, you know, there was this lack of abundance. There was emptiness. There was nothing. The work wasn't doing anything. And then there's this like paradigm shift, how just on the other side, there's all this abundance waiting. Um, and there's, you found hope in that, right? The hope that, um, that um, not just that the reality can shift quickly, but there can be that experience of uh, emptiness and then huh, abundance. It was there all along. I just couldn't see it almost. Is that kind of like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Jesus made the work fruitful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that as fishermen, they had been out swapping their nets over from side to side of the boats all night long. Like it's, you know, it's not like they hadn't thought of that before. <laughs> and then he, Jesus comes along. Hey, don't you hate it when people like tell you what to do and you've done it before and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, that's what I think the disciples are going like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's just do it to make them happy. <laughs> And then there's abundance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's so beautiful. So there's this recognition, all that's come before this story where Peter has betrayed Jesus and he's been carrying this guilt. And then, it, but in this story, here's this one he's betrayed standing right in front of him. And 
immediately his heart just responds and he's like whipping off the clothes and jumping in the water and just swimming right towards him, knowing he'd be welcomed. <laughs> yeah. Knowing he was, he belonged. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that generosity. Um, David, can you come on up at this time and lead us in prayers of the people? Yeah. Thank you so much for your generous sharing. I really appreciate that. And just continue to sit with this image and the story and be thinking about how that can refresh our imagination as a community. Well, we come to prayer, and I, I'm grateful for the service uh, because I, I, I've written a couple of prayers, and uh, I thought I'd just listen. Um, the The image of the the net is maybe the hardest one for me to to grasp, and it was it's been helpful to uh, listen to our collective reflections on this. I take away from Brian the net is the net of God's love that is. I don't know if you use this word, Brian. But the net of God's love that has captured us. That was really helpful to me. And then Ruth said in the children's story, the net is how we hold one another with love. And then Anne led us through this reflection of the net being about mending and making connections. And that's what our church has committed to do since its inception. And so I, I wanna go with this to prayer. And so let, let's pray together. Loving God, Trinity, the love, the beloved, and the love between them, the love of all relations and relatedness, we come to you. We have been captured by you, by the net of your love and mercy and welcome. You, we thank you for all the connections in which and by which we live. We thank you that you did not make us lonely astronauts, but you made us for relationship with other creatures, with other humans, and with you. Loving God, draw us more deeply into your love. Loving God, teach us how to be connected with one another in more helpful, healing, and holistic ways. Mm -hmm.